0: Motown Rundown. Welcome back. It is July twenty second, early early morning for the Motown Rundown crew. It is nine forty five a.m. People are probably hearing that, like really nine forty five early morning. Trent, you sound like you just woke up. No, I'm just a little
1: under the weather. I've been oh, up for about an
2: hour. Oh, COVID is back. I got a, and I got better a than sore ever.
1: throat. Got a little bit of a sore throat. I think it's allergies. I hope it's allergies. What?
2: What's it called? Rabs. It's like a. Uh... Guys, I just rewatched, like, Ted for the first time in, like, 10 years. My favorite scene in the whole movie is, like, hey, Lori, can you set the alarm for 11 a.m.? I got a big day ahead of me. (laughs) I just love that. Just, like, the dead series. Like, that's, like, every college kid, like, you say, yeah, I got a big day ahead of me. I need to set the alarm for 11 (laughs) a.m.
0: Oh, exactly. Trent, you got a big day with the preschoolers today? That's something to build context because you hear that off the cuff. And immediately it raises some red flags. Trent, you you are <laughs> certified and legally allowed to not hang out, but you teach these preschoolers for your job.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm just kind of a day camp counselor more or less.
0: You but just supervise.
1: Yeah, supervise, hang out with. What's them.
0: your speech? What's your speech when you come in? Like, hi guys, I'm Trent. I love uh, the Pistons. Trent's probably and, so good
1: at it. Dude, Trent, you can't. should have
0: been an RA. You would have been a good RA.
1: It's it's just an energy thing. You just got to come in and bring the energy. These kids love it. They're like six years old. All of a sudden, they just want to climb all over you. They want piggyback rides. They want to play games. They want to run around. Getting get them to eat hard. lunch is tough. Getting them to eat lunch is one of the hardest parts because they just want to get you up. you guys – do you roll dodgeball? We don't play dodgeball. We play gaga ball. You ever heard of that? Gaga ball. I broke two pairs of sunglasses playing gaga ball. What is,
0: what is gaga ball?
1: It's a, it's a combination of, like, dodgeball and – like, you definitely played it, Raps. It's like,
2: have you? Uh, it's like one of those pl- things that's weirdly at like every church for some reason. Yeah. Like, you looked at, yeah. outside a church and there's like an octagon for out ball. I'm like, why is this? No yeah. idea what you're talking. This sounds like it's you're like the it's up. like a wood octagon, right, Trent? would yep. Is that how you kind of describe it? Correct. And it's you, an like, And you're trying not to get hit by the ball, basically.
1: You can okay. use your hands to uh, like. Shoot the ball at people or protect yourself, and if you get hit from the waist down, you're out.
0: I suppose the schools that I attended as a child didn't have enough funding to get the. Uh, well,
2: I, it's not like a gaga school it's, it, it's more. I don't. It's a YouTube like, thing I, or like a camp. It's thing. like a weird church then It's a weird church. That I. I don't. Every like, because when I went to I went to like Catholic high school and stuff. When we would go on like. We'd have Not to go on like deal. retreats like every once a year. And there would always be like a gaga ball thing. I'm like what? Like it doesn't matter any church. They just have it.
0: Interesting. Phenomenal gaga ball. Well, we'll we'll, uh, we'll have to make this one a quick one because Trent's got to get out of here. Uh, before we get rolling into the uh, mindless nonsense um, speak that we do at the beginning of every show. Uh, two things on this. I guess I would say three things. There's a part part A and a part B to our uh our Red Wings talk today, but we will talk Tigers to kick the show off. Uh, Red Wings, the expansion draft happened yesterday uh, in terms of when we are recording, so we will talk about that. The Red Wings obviously losing defenseman Dennis Chalowski, which is as time went on, and and there's a trade to discuss as well, a new new player coming to Detroit, so um, I think after that trade was solidified, I think the uh, writing was on the wall a bit for uh, for, for Chalowski, um, if it wasn't going to be Stetcher, um, but we'll get it. Into- That Um, Part B to that would be the NHL entry draft is tomorrow, Friday, July 23rd. Uh, So we will talk prospects. The Wings have the sixth overall pick and the 22nd overall pick. Might be 23rd, 22nd. Um, So we will talk about that as well. But before we kick things off here, I have to say, I went and saw Space Jam 2 the other day, and I texted you guys about this, but I feel like it needed to be brought... I did, yeah. My so my brother and I went and saw Black Widow, which was the first time that I've been in a movie theater, and Lord knows how long. I won't we won't talk about it today because you have not seen it yet, Collins.
2: I would if you spoiled it, right, I was Like I, this podcast would actually be done. Iron Man
0: dies it. at the end. There's your spoiler. I,
2: it's not even funny that you even said anything. Like I don't <laughs> find that amazing,
0: Well, I'm moving on. I I was trying to. I just I was rolling the ball,
2: but anyway. So
0: I theater yeah. I, in about two weeks. Which is great. I'm off to a hot start, um, but we see Space Jam 2. I originally wanted to go see it at a drive-in because that, to me, was like off right off the top of my head. I go, this is a great movie to just go sit the drive-in. You know, you, you have your snacks, whatever, and you're just mindlessly watching this movie because you don't want to watch a movie like you got to pay attention to it. The drive-in, but uh, neither here nor there. We go to the movie theater, and I want to preface this by preface this by saying. Anyone that knows me knows I'm a huge LeBron guy. I love LeBron James. I was so excited to see this movie. And I will go on record right now and saying, and and my friends all know, I, I have never seen a movie that I really didn't like. Like I, I I am so easily amused. And I always walk out of these movies going like, yeah, you know, I actually liked it. And you look at the ratings and like no one in the country liked it and all the critics, whatever. This Space Jam 2 movie was the worst movie I have seen in my entire life. And and the worst part about it was that five minutes into the movie, I knew it was going to be horrible. And it was one of those things where you're sitting there and there was a brief second where I was like, okay, it was nine o'clock at night. I had to get up early for work the next day. And I'm thinking, do we just walk out? because it was that bad. And I was just thinking, do I wait till it comes out on DVD? I can stream it on HBO, whatever. Like, it, it, Do I really need to spend the next two hours of my life in this movie theater? If I didn't spend $24 on two tickets and $100 on popcorn and snacks, I would have left. And I was so disappointed because Space I made my brother, who just turned 17 years old the other day, he had never seen the original Space Jam. And I said, we are not going to see Space Jam 2 until you see the first Space Jam. So he watched it, and I at least thought there was going to be some type of semblance of like, you know, the, the plot. And I guess the plot was similar in a way. But just the complete opposite. Like Space Jam is objectively, in my opinion, like a good watch. It's a good movie to watch. This movie was was borderline unwatchable. And I was I was like upset. I wasn't mad. I was just disappointed because I was like, wow, like this is going to forever in my in my brain be. I was looking for this movie to like progress LeBron's legacy. What? I really was. I wanted it to like rival Space Jam one and be better than it be better than Space Jam one. But there was nothing I didn't laugh once. And I it was just, again, borderline unwatchable. Colin, I know you this. saw it,
2: Trent, you haven't. But my Lord, LeBron's like, if you've ever watched Trainwreck, I love that movie. And LeBron's great in it. Like he's funny in it, too. Like he's had, he's like pretty solid after net. This one, I'm like the first like half hour. I'm like, dude, what's going on? With he LeBron? was brutal. Like, yeah, acting he was wise. not good. It, it, they, I don't know, what he was like too, like, I don't know what was going on, but I, It was just I, not you know, LeBron I, I'm not gonna act like, it's like I I feel like MJ had more to work with with the, like, the movie to be honest. What,
0: with the Looney Tunes, he had more to work with, Bugs Bunny, what are you talking about? No, but, about?
2: like, the, the movie was, like, better Like, it had, be- like, it had, like, it had like, the Wayne Knight character, the Bill Murray character Yeah, correct, and, there was and, a better because, story, like, had, yeah like, LeBron had, like, no comedic relief in that movie, so, like I, I just know. think the fact. I don't know that... why we're doing like i I'm like doing it like a, <laughs> a movie e. review, a review. rotten tomatoes movie review. Yeah,
0: but the, no, the fact I think a lot of it was that his family in this movie was not his own family, and well, he, was,
2: he was. Why would you? I wouldn't want to do that to my family.
0: I don't know, but he was just visibly uncomfortable, and like every moment with his one son that was like, like so dramatic, and at the end when he like starts to kind of choke up, what he's it just it was just so. The acting was bad. Like even even the Looney Tunes, like the Looney Tunes are obviously the best part of the movie, even in Space Jam. But it was like, holy shit, was this movie bad? I couldn't. It was unbearable. Don Cheadle's character was horrible. My, My the best part of the movie, my brother was the one that brought it up. So so in the beginning of the movie, when LeBron is like a kid with the Game Boy, that coach is Julius from Remember the Titans.
2: And he's he's the guy from The Wire, too sure I, I need to watch the wire but that i i i i hated it collins i know you said it was not good either but i try i i was at work and i had like some time so i watched it and i was like this is just not it but well I, like it's also a kid's movie so i don't really yes care. it is a
0: it is very like space jam one you can if you're a teen or you know you like, like you can you can get away with watching it i maybe i'm just past my prime but holy cow the,
2: the, this one's just more kids i don't, I don't know whatever I, Care,
0: Trent. I, 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 don't, I don't want to tell you when it, I'm going to tell you here right now. It is, it is truly not. I love
2: how Rabs is like not worth this worth time Nets to go see. Rabs is like, you know what? I, it, it's a stain on his rug no, It's
0: just, I, I just thought that it was going to be like, it's like MJ. Think it gonna be, was going to
2: be Citizen Kane?
0: I don't know. I the whole like futuristic element was so over the top. I couldn't handle it. Well,
1: I, I, could, I, I, could I even the bubble, couldn't even follow I couldn't follow what was going on.
0: But Trent, I. What are your thoughts? You well, haven't seen I'm, it.
1: I'm going to see it at some point. I actually can't believe I haven't.
0: So, Dude, you actually, I, I, do not spend the money to see it in theaters. I'm begging you. Well, it's, it
1: is that bad. To circle back to, to my to my beloved kindergartners, we are going on a field trip next week to see it. So I'm, I think I'm just going to hold off. But I also might want to watch it before then. Because I don't really want to be interrupted by kids who have to go to the bathroom and I got to like go take them to the bathroom, that kind of thing. You know, I'm kind of. i telling
0: you, it's not you're not missing anything by seeing it. And I I never like most movies. I'm like, yeah, just go watch it. It's a nice.
1: You are not missing anything if you never see this movie. Just telling you. All right. I appreciate the honesty. I am looking forward to seeing it, though. I'm sure I will like it. I will like it. I'm I'm sure you will. You'll find a backdoor way of like LeBron put up like 30 and
0: 10 and he's the greatest, whatever. But before we uh, move on to Detroit stuff, let's stay on the topic of basketball. We have crowned an NBA champion. Unfortunately for us as a Suns podcast, it was the Miami, the Milwaukee bucks, Miami bucks. That's cool. Milwaukee bucks. Um, Good for Giannis. I mean, he drops 50 in that game, which was awesome. And like out of nowhere, he, I mean, they deserve to win that game. Like Giannis played so well, he somehow learned how to shoot free throws overnight. I was felt bad for Chris Paul because I wanted this. I like, and my dad's like, "Oh, I don't, well, I can't believe you care that Chris Paul wins a championship." I I appreciate guys that have been in the league for a long time, and especially guys that I've grown up watching. It would have been nice to see Chris Paul win an NBA championship. I don't know if he'll have a chance to get there again. I don't know what his contract looks like if he's even coming back to Phoenix. Who knows? But Suns are out, so we can talk about the game briefly, and then we got into a little bit of. We got in a bit of a spat in the Motown Rundown group chat over some, uh, some, some, some claims that were made by Trent Bailey over here. So let's talk about the game for a sec, then we'll we'll hash it out. Sick, Giannis is
2: sick. I love Giannis. That's all. Like Giannis is so cool.
1: Yeah, I mean, Collins, you made a comment last week. You're like, I don't know how you don't like Giannis. Like, I don't know how you can't like him. Even if you don't love him. Or you you just he's kind of impossible to hate, I guess, unless you're like a Suns fan at this point because he just cooked your team. But I love Giannis. Raps, to your point about Chris Paul, I I don't feel the same way. I kind of got into that last week. Not a Chris Paul guy. That's I just
0: don't I don't I don't understand what he's ever done to where you're like, uh all the guy's done is work his ass off. He's annoying.
1: He's annoying, and you know what? He's the only player in NBA history to lose four series after going up 2-0. So at some point, you got to get out of your own way, Chris Paul. I have no sympathy. That's all. What's Whatever.
2: It, dude, what's it called? So, like, you see Giannis, um, uh, get – go to, like, Chick-fil-A and, like, do the 50-piece Then Like, that was sick and all. He ordered a lemonade and Sprite combined. Has anyone, like – everyone's like, I'm going to try this. I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. Like why would you try that? It's probably I like I don't think that would taste good. I think it would taste
0: totally it's fine. Sprite's a lemon lime or No, that's
2: what I'm saying. I feel like the Sprite would overpower the lemonade.
0: I don't know, man. I think you're I think you're really focused on the wrong things here.
2: Well, I mean I like who cares? I mean, I like I, I don't have like any emotional investment to this NBA finals. Like By the way, people who act like Chris Paul was, like, hurt or something, he was just bad the last three games of that series. So I don't want to hear anything about that. Like, oh, like – and the whole, like – he's had very bad luck, and he was healthy. I think the Clippers probably go to the – him and Blake are healthy, like, actually for a full playoffs. They probably go to the finals eventually. So, uh, I I mean, whatever. But, like, I'm just tired of the whole, like, Chris Paul, like, he's a winner, but he's, like, not a winner – He's a winner for a guy who has never won it. Like, I don't care. Like, I'm just I'm done hearing that, Ryan Russillo. Like, I'm done. I don't want to hear it anymore. Like Bill Simmons, I don't want to hear it anymore. Like, I'm just so tired of the whole like point God thing. He was a really nice player. Whatever. He's not an all time great. That's all you gotta say. All you gotta say. I'm just so
1: sick and tired of that. And you could make a case here today that that Russell Westbrook is greater than Chris Paul. He's oh, not, Oh, I would just oh really I get what no, got but they're an the same. They're, He's a better score. They're He's the an same. Passer.
2: I mean, Russell Westbrook does have an MVP. I don't even think Chris Paul is like top three. In MVP. eh, he might have team runner up that one year in New Orleans. I don't know. He was runner up. What's this it called? I, I I'm I'm just saying the Sprite of lemonade. It's really bothering me. I right,
0: well, I don't I don't know if I can help you there. Um, I do want to touch on um what I mentioned earlier before we move into the good stuff. Um, Trent, you made an erroneous claim in the group chat that the NBA. Trent, you know what? I I won't. Even, I, I won't even go erroneous. into it. I won't even go into it. You so you, you say you
1: can mention it. You can mention it.
0: No, I, I I was gonna say you you make the claim. I want you on the record to say what you said to me and Ryan Collins in this group chat after that game. I want so I I need everyone to hear it from your mouth. Okay, and then I will I will submit my rebuttal.
1: All I said as I was watching Giannis get the trophy and all this stuff with, a, with, a, with an arena full again and Adam Silver, the best commissioner in sports, how are you? All I said was, remind me on Thursday to talk about how the NBA trophy presentation is the best in sports. Because I, And, and, and Rav, I know you're going to stroke the cup and that's fine because I'm not a hockey guy. I'm not qualified. I will not question the credibility there. I, as someone who doesn't love the NHL necessarily, am not qualified to even talk about that. For me personally, the NBA trophy presentation, and I'll give it—I'll give this to you, the Louis Vuitton box is so over the top and ridiculous. But the fact that Bobby Portis got an interview was awesome. because the crowd was chanting his name is a microcosm of what makes the NBA great. It is all about the players. It is what the fans want. It is entertaining, and it's not too much. The NFL, dude, I got to wait 40 fucking minutes before I even see the Lombardi Trophy. Can you at least give me that? The NFL one stinks. That's a great point, Trent. It sucks. So I'm just watching Giannis tear up over here with the trophy in his arms, a la Michael Jordan, and it just was cool. It was cool, and I had this moment where I was like, dude, I can't tell you. Maybe the Cubs in 2016 was the last – really cool World Series trophy presentation, in my opinion. I don't know. The NBA gets it right every year, I feel like. And Collins, I know you have a take about the stage. And then, Rabs, I'll let you talk about the Stanley Cup because, obviously, that's very different. But, Rabs, you I said, already know what Rabs is going to say. He's well, such a hockey
2: guy, hockey Twitter guy. He's going to be like, just the respect and the people whose names are on the Stanley Cup, it just doesn't even compare.
1: Yeah, and, and the Rabs, whole, I the, the, the,
2: my only I, TV, is- I don't hate that take. I think it's a sneaky, because I think when you think your best tro- trophy presentations, I think Rabs is right. You think of the cup, because like the cup, you think of like the cup, the Masters. I would say the British Open too. I think the British Open with the clear is pretty sick. Like the Champion Golfer of the Year, like with the guy and the super like thick accent. Like I think that's pretty cool. But uh, I I love the NBA Finals one usually. This one was just weird. It was cool because Giannis was, like, going nuts and stuff. But, like, them not having a stage this year, like, really made me upset. Like, they have a stage every year. Them just be all being on eye level with, like, the fans and everyone. I was like, what is going on? I didn't know, like, where to look. I, I was, like, irrationally mad about it. I don't know why it was. But I would still, I, like, the cup is really good when, like, when like Ov wins it, like a guy, his whole career who's like been chasing a cup. Like that's like sick. I think they do that better, but like NBA, I try, I think the interviews are the best in NBA finals ones. Like the moments that you remember, like are better. I think the like photo op in like the moment of like the holding the trophy is better with the Stanley Cup. That makes any sense. But like the actual like interviews, like of the NBA ones are like good. Like yeah, aka
1: good. the trophy presentation. So Rabs, go for, like I understand that the Stanley Cup is so like, go for it. Just give it context because I can't. Rabs is so past. Well, pass. Trent Trent always likes to play the card of
0: like I'm not a hockey guy, so I can't. You can say whatever you want. You can have opinions about hockey. I'm not even gonna have the conversation about what's the best trophy in sports. And I'm let's let's focus on the four major sports because I agree. Like the, the Masters. You know, that's a that's a nostalgic that like, that's great with the green jacket. As far as the four major sports are, there is no greater trophy, better looking, what it means, the names on the truck than the than the Stanley Cup. We're not arguing that.
1: that that's fair. That's fair. And before you You're... go, I think that's where a little too much of your nostalgia comes from. Like I'm I'm talking about the actual trophy Robo Trent. Oh God. Okay. Let's go for Transform. it. Okay.
0: Transformer. No, you're fine. You're back. But yeah, so so you're saying you're talking about the trophy presentation, which is great. First of all, you, you like to come back to this point of the commissioner and your comment about Adam Silver's the best commissioner in sports. It's like it's almost like if you were to drop a bag of Skittles on the ground and they all fall into the mud and then you pick one up and you go, oh, this one has the least amount of mud on it. I'll eat this one. All nobody, no one likes any of the commissioners in the sports leagues. Adam Silver is like the only relatively likable guy. I will give you that no one likes Roger Goodell, no one likes Gary Batman. I don't hate Gary Bettman. I'm not a big fan of him. And no one likes Rob Manfred. I hate Rob Manfred. Adam Silver was getting booed as he was speaking last night. So your point about like the best commissioner in sports, yeah, it's like it's like shit and strawberry shortcake, bud. Shout out Jim Leahy, rest in peace. So that's the first thing. So Gary Bettman being involved is neither here nor there. The fact that the cup gets carried around and you see like before the game's over, they start to polish it up and it sits on the stand and they bring it out and everyone loses their mind. And then the fact that not the owner, the owner doesn't get first dibs to speak and to touch the trophy like they do in the NBA. And I think even in Major League Baseball to an extent, the, and the NFL, you get like the, like Robert Kraft. It's like the first guy to get up there. The captain of the team, the leader of the squad goes up there for the skate, shakes the commissioner's hand, and he picks that big ass trophy, that big ass cup off the stand. And he lifts it over his head and that first skate. And then even better than that is the fact that the most important part of this ceremony is tradition has it. The second guy to touch the cup is always huge. You think back to like Raymond Bork when he plays for 20 to 22 years in the NHL, never, never gets to, never gets to hold a Stanley cup. Joe Sackick in the abs, win the cup. He hands it right to Raymond Bork without even raising the cup over his head. First, Joe Sackick, that's a moment. So as Colin said, like guys like Ovi who have never won it, that's, that's what it's all about. So, Between that and the fact that every guy gets to touch it and skate it around, and your point about Bobby Portis getting an interview is the biggest joke. That guy is such a scrub. And the fact that you interview seven different players out of the 12 guys on the team, and I got to sit here, and like Colin said, there's no stage.
2: They just let everyone on the floor. There's 500 people walking around on the floor. That's the first time they ever did it like that. They usually have a stage.
0: Oh, sick! Sick year to start it too with COVID. You got five hundred people on the floor breathing on each other. No one, nobody can even get to the trophy. No one knows who's on the team, who's involved. Hack job interviews. The lady repeated herself four different times for the crowd. She kept stopping as the crowd was cheering like she's in elementary school. Like she did. Like be a professional. Like speak. I'm it's just Dude, a horrible Ram, trophy presentation. Ram. You're Ram. gonna tell me the stand in the team picture? They don't even take a team picture in the NBA. All the guys are in the locker room, they're already off at the strip Dude, club. The Everyone Masters
2: the best one. I don't care, what anyone says it's better than the Cup, it's like way better. If what is the Masters? The past champion. Oh my god, dude, it's golf. Golf can only be so I love
0: golf. It can only be so dude, exciting. Are, You're telling me the master's trophy yeah, it's presentation, better. it's while better. my dad's it's asleep better on the couch. Than the cup. My
2: dad's asleep on the couch during the during the presentation. Dude, after of the, the green first jacket. Of three guys wheel the cup around, I'm like, cool, I gotta watch Alex Thornburn wheel around the cup. Can we move on to something else? Like, it's very cool when the captain gets a cup. Yes, I would agree with that. And when but they pass it the up, and take like, the team aspect, I would rather like and I obviously just i like golf more than hockey, but I'm just saying the Masters ones is objectively better. It's just a fact. Okay. I think like, I think we all when, know when Phil Mickelson's in his green jacket from Tiger Woods. Listen. And then he's like, emotional. Like that's
1: sick.
0: Yeah, can't love watching Patrick Reed scumbag ass give the jacket off to
1: Sergio Garcia. Whatever the hell's going on. Yeah, no whatever. one, no one's gonna change anyone's mind on this. So let's. let's I know. Let's. let's, let's I know. Go to Detroit no. sports. Before we go completely go an hour without talking any Motown.
0: Agreed to disagree. Let's talk Detroit week, sports. Basically. I know, but it's the best. This is why we're here. Uh, your Detroit Tigers might be the best team in professional we sports at the moment. We
2: love our baseball team. 6-0 Yo, get Tigers I'm a
0: 6-0 coming off the all-star break they are absolutely rolling I made my Comerica Park debut for the year last wow. night against the Rangers I think the first game I've definitely the first game I've been to in two years or whenever the Tigers last had perfect fans night, so- dude. unreal night the weather was perfect Drove all the way down there with my buddy. Didn't have tickets. We go Al Rabinowitz style. Roll up to the window. What do you got for me? K-Line's corner. We bounced around. Nice to pay eleven dollars and fifty cents for a warm Coors Light. You love to see it. Seven fifty jumbo hot Dude, dog. The beers do are,
2: are so warm. They got to figure that out. Yeah,
0: I know brutal, right? But four to two win for the Tigers. Matt Manning goes the longest in uh, I think his his professional career with with six innings uh six innings pitched. I think he let up like four hits. Two earned runs, two walks, four strikeouts—something, something very respectable. I mean, you know, Matt, Matt Manning is—is, is, I mean, his ERA obviously, I would say, probably doesn't tell the whole story because he hasn't looked horrible, but he definitely has some work to do. Um, he was but good it was—it was at least nice to see him get a very quality start last night. Um, Robbie Grossman with the home run, I think. Then uh, Keel Badu goes deep, and Zach Short. As my, as my buddy I'm sitting next to is making fun of this guy for being like 5'11", 160, and he goes, this guy looks sickly. How is he on the team? He looks sickly. Hits a bomb out to left field, gets out in a hurry. So big win for the Tigers, 4-2 over the Rangers. They play today, as we're speaking, at one p.m., looking to go for seven straight, looking to go for back-to-back series sweeps. Um, Hey, I, the, there's a lot of storylines, I think, to talk about the tigers now, as far as like, what's their, what's their ceiling here. Can they make a push for the wild card? Are they going to be buyers or sellers at the deadline? You know, what's the deal with Jonathan scope, by the way, I should mention Spencer Turnbull um, is out for the rest of the season. I'm sure he will miss all of next year too, with Tommy John surgery. Sad. that sucks. That's brutal. And I'm not even looking at it from a standpoint of like, he's an asset you can trade because I don't, I've had no feeling that the Tigers should trade him at all, but that it's going to take him a year to get back. And you saw what happened with Fulmer and, you know, it kind of loses a spot on the starting rotation. I hope that doesn't happen with, with Spencer Turnbull, but um, either way, um, the tigers are hot, man. I mean, they're in the thing for the tigers right now is that they have such a favorable schedule. So am I putting a ton of a stock in this team as far as like they can make some unbelievable run and make the playoffs? I'm really not. And I I hope I'm wrong, but you, you finish up your series with Texas today. You're going to go to the Royals for three games. You see the twins again for three more games. You have the Orioles and then you start playing some real baseball again with the Red Sox. You'll, you'll travel to Cleveland. Um, so for the time being, their schedule is very favorable. And if you can rip off some wins here, I mean, all, all the better for him, I guess. And and you hear Al Avila come out with some comment the other day about how the rebuild is over and we're not looking to just sell guys at the deadline for the sake of selling them and getting assets, which if you were to ask me, I, I get, I get where he's coming from, from the standpoint of like this team has shown you that they have a couple pieces that can hit. They, they like where their pitching's at. And I don't disagree with that at all, but to a certain extent, you still have to understand the fact that you're not competing for a championship in my eyes, like all that soon. I mean, maybe you can squeeze yourself into the playoffs like two years from now, but I think they still have to look at who they have been in, in unload. If they have, if they feel they have any assets, I mean, Jonathan scope all of a sudden has become this guy that people are talking about, like, Oh, they might extend him, which to be honest with you, he's 29, 30 years old. I wouldn't, I, I truly wouldn't mind extending him as a guy that at least if you can play him at second base every day, you know what you have from him defensively. He started very, very slow to start the year, but his bad has really come around, I think he could have made a case to be the Tigers all-star to be honest with you, but, um he's looked awesome and, and you do want to keep some pieces in place that can kind of be that veteran presence and lead the team um but if you're a Tigers fan right now I mean they they have that unbelievable shellacking of the Rangers 14 and nothing on Monday seven nothing before that against the twins like it's they're playing good ball they' they're playing good ball they're rolling it's nice to see Victor Reyes back up Jake rogers hits the uh it's the IL, so Grayson Griner actually got to start last night with a pleasure to watch him. His days are numbered on this team, but I don't know, man. They're, they're looking good.
2: I'm going to enjoy it while it's here. I'll just say that. What's it called? I I think the most interesting thing now, with the what is the deadline? Is the deadline like 10 days or something like that?
0: I'm not entirely sure. I feel like it's coming up in the next two to three weeks. Three is probably a stretch. I always uh, feel bit- like it's, it's before the end of July, isn't it?
2: yeah. Would you guys trade Jonathan Stope? Because I think that's like the biggest thing because you said like, I do think they could like sneaky, make it to 500, but it, it like, am I crazy? Or is this your, like, a, an anomaly for how good the wildcard teams are? I feel like the wildcard teams usually drift around 500, like the second one at least. And like, the two are like ten games over. I think it's like yeah. the A's and the other. I don't know who else is in that second spot. Maybe the yeah. Game. There's
0: a couple. There's a couple nice teams that are in second place in their division that are like right up there. I I totally hear you.
2: Like yeah, I feel like it's usually not like this, but like, I mean, I, unless they get like say they rip off another ten in a row or something like this, there it's probably unrealistic to think playoffs. But I I mean I might convince myself they wouldn't again today because I'm an idiot. But um, do you trade Stope I think that's like the biggest question.
1: I wouldn't, I would not because I'm just always so. (laughs) Okay. So I guess I'd have to back up a bit. This team is five games under 500 now, and I don't think they've been that close since April. So I am just fired up. I know the schedule is kind of terrible, but sometimes I think that's how you jumpstart these runs. You got to get confidence against bad teams and then you can go out and win a series against the Red Sox or the Indians or, you know, whoever. So, I wouldn't, because I just personally think if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Tra- God, if I go Transformer, just take over. Just start talking. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Good point. That's a Good point. That was a
2: good what point, C.D. I didn't even hear
0: what he said. He
2: said if it, don't, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. That's all I heard. Yep. Take it. Over. But it, like, but I, isn't it broke, kind of? They're not, Yeah, like, it is. Great. broke. But I, I, that's all I got from the point. I think you had a he had a bigger point from there. But, uh. We're just
0: well, say, he's back. Hit. He looks like he's back. He's moving in live action. What are you trying to continue?
1: Well, all I'm saying is I think sometimes you you kickstart these big runs and these these amazing runs back into the wild card of the playoff by playing a bunch of bad teams. Like I know I because then you get some confidence, you get some chemistry, and you string together wins. That's literally how all sports work. So I just yes, the schedule's dog shit, but you know if you, that if you if you build some continuity here and you're playing Jonathan Scope every day and he's a big part of that. Then maybe you could go beat a team like the Red Sox in a series. So I, I guess that's just kind of where I stand. Because the Tigers are five games under five hundred. They haven't been that close in a very long time. I
2: the one thing I would be fine if they dealt stope, if it was like in a situation where it's like we have guys in the farm system who could take his position. But like no one, like if they're gonna try and compete next year, like realistically, he's gonna be their best option at second base. Like why wouldn't you want to send him? And what I, I mean, he's been like 270 with power. And you don't get a lot of that from the second base. And I know he's not the like has the most range or something at second base. And he's played a lot of first base this year, but I just don't I, I and everyone kind of points to the fact that it's like, look at the return they have for JD Martinez. They got a badge of balls. Wouldn't the Tigers just rather have kept JD Martinez? You know what I mean? Like you've kind of seen a lot of that. Why didn't the Tigers just keep Cassianos and set it like I I get the fact that you're trying to acquire assets, but I think they're in a position now where it's like, we're trying to like be good and win in the next couple of years. And if you're not going to give us an AA level prospect, we're not going to trade you Jonathan Stoke. And I don't think they should unless they're getting a top tier middle infielder prospect. That's the only way I would trade Jonathan Stoke. And no one's going to give you that because he's a one year deal and you don't, these guys don't know if they're going to re-sign him. So I, I would be if they could somehow work on an extension for Stope for like three years, I think that's a perfect window. Because like we've said a million times, he seems way older than he is. He's like 30. So he's got a couple more good years left in him. So I I, I, I wouldn't trade Stope. I think it was like a, a for sure thing earlier in the year. Everyone's like, let's just trade Stope I think everyone collectively is like, you know what? I Like, should we?
0: Yeah, no, I, I would agree with you on that, Collins, and, and and I think you hit it on the head just as far as your comment about how you're not, if you're looking at second base for next year, you're probably not doing better than Jonathan Scope. I don't know what the free agent market looks like after this year as far as second baseman go. And to be honest with you, between Willie Castro and Harold Castro, like I don't think either of them are as good of defenders as Jonathan Scope is at second, and I would say that Jonathan Scope, when he's on, has a more consistent bat, one hundred percent, than Willie Castro. That's no secret because he just got sent Well, Willie Castro
2: might be the worst defensive middle infielder I've ever seen. Yeah, and I and and I guess for how know, athletic he is. It's sure, I
0: I don't disagree with that at all. But but you, you hit the nail on the head. I I have no interest. And when Vila says like his comment about, I, I think the rebuild is over. I have no interest in trading guys, like you said, Collins, a JD Martinez for a Dowell Lugo and Sergio Alcant, whatever that trade was that you're like, okay, we got to groom these guys for a year or two, then they'll be up. And obviously both of those guys are out of your system now, but unless you can return a close to MLB level, or MLB ready prospect, I don't even want to hear it. Like I, I would, I, I, even if you get go like one for one and you just say, okay, this is a guy that we see some potential in, see some promise. He's a bit younger and it's a guy that we can plug in and play second base uh, or, or wherever middle infield, wherever. I and mean, we he can, be can plug and play next year. Um, totally cool with me. But the problem the tigers are starting to have is like, and I, and we talk about, we talk about it with the outfield too, all the time, you know, now you throw Derek Hill in the mix who's batting and close to 300, but at a certain point you just have this carousel of guys and that's, you know, you bring in Mazzara who you've now DFA'd, which, you know, was something that had to be done, but it's like, you know, now we're, now we're talking about an outfield where you have, you know, you, you have Badu and you have Grossman and Reyes and Jacoby Jones probably won't be back. But you, but you can play Harold Castro in the outfield. I don't know where the Tigers feel most comfortable with him. And, and, and now you're kind of seeing that problem in the middle infield with like, you have Zach short. What do you want to do with him? Willie Castro, when he gets his swing back, Harold Castro, Jonathan scope, Cody Clemens is, is, you know, waiting in the ranks and double a triple a ball. So, so to me, it's like, we need to start making some decisions here as far as who who are the guys that are going to play every day for you next year and two years from now, because if it's Zach short, then it's Zach short and, and he should be playing shortstop. Every day, you've seen what Willie Castro brings. And the problem is when you throw Nico Goodrum in the mix, who I believe is now back off the IL, he just eats up innings. And that's a guy to me who has no business being on his team anymore. He served his purpose. He he at least got a chance to somewhat build his career here in Detroit. He can play multiple positions. A- another team in major league baseball will take him because when his bat is on, it's very good. I believe he's a switch hitter and he can play infield outfield for you. No problem. So when you need to start figuring out if you, if Harold Castro has a future with this team, which with his bat, he has shown you that he does. What is his position and where is he going to play every day? Cause I'm sorry, but. Analytics- he's not an everyday player. That's your answer he doesn't, I guess he doesn't have to be, but he's the new Nico Goodrum for you. But this, this rotating carousel of like, and if you want to, if you want to, though, yeah, like, but I if you don't pawn like it off on me analytics, I would just tell you to shove it because no other team in the league rolls, rolls the balls out every day. Like, Oh, it's who we but got like today, I, I don't understand.
2: Like I get that. You hate some of the lineups and we've kind of done this like a lot this year talking about it, but like they're winning now. How can you like question that? Like, I'm not going to like, yeah, I don't like that sometimes. And I think he's kind of going away with this, that he wouldn't let Akil Padu face any left-handed pitching. And he's kind of come around to that. He said, like, okay, Badu's just going to be our leadoff hitter because he's earned that because he's been so good recently. By the way, he has a legit case to be the rookie of the year. By the way, like legit
0: case. I su- I suppose, but as far as your comment about like they're winning, how can – dude, these – Why are you – co- like I get what she you're saying, but like – you can put out. You can put me out there.
2: I'm getting a hit off of whoever. That's like last thing. Night. We they, they don't have the A plus guys. That's where they rotate them and do the analytic thing. Know what I mean? Like I think once they start, if they actually get guys on, like this team, say they get a story, say they get a seager, like you're gonna actually see people fall into everyday positions. But like, they don't have guys at the point of their careers or just in general that are like good. I don't know. No, I, I I suppose it's a good point on your end when
0: you don't when you don't have A plus guys that that you know like that you can roll out every day and you know what you're getting. I guess is what you have to do. But um, I guess for the sake of time here, we'll move on from the Tigers. Um, again, they play the Rangers for that series finale at one ten p.m. today, as we are as we are speaking here. And then, as I said, man, the schedule's favorable until you see the Red Sox, and even after you see the Red Sox, I think you see the Twins maybe again or or the Orioles or who knows, but. Um, We'll keep tabs on it for sure. Um, Let's go to the Red Wings, which I anticipate now is the moment in the show where Trent and Collins mute their mics, which is totally fine. I'll just talk to myself. If you guys have anything to say.
2: What's it called? I, Rab, shout out to you, Tetsi and our Drew chat. Because I was talking to my buddies who were pretty big Wings fans yesterday. And they're like, I was just like, I was laughing because Rab's texted me. He goes, yeah, man, sources. Stetcher not getting moved and me and Trent are like who gives a fuck about yeah. well no one neither of you. Guys it was so funny in. though it was yeah, so I, funny
1: I was at work and I saw that and I just kind of laughed I was like okay sweet I guess we don't because when I found out that Chalowski got selected I was thinking in my head like what's Rabs think what are, what are Rav's thoughts? So give them to us.
0: Well, I'm glad you asked. Well, as, as far as, as far as that goes, actually I'll, I'll get into that in a second. I, I do want to mention the trade that happened before um, the expansion draft. That trade is Nick Letty, your new Detroit Red Wing. Um, he comes over from the New York Islanders uh, going back to the Island as is Richard panic, who was acquired in the Jacob Verona deal. The Red Wings will retain half of his salary. So about 1.3 ish million, I think, um, for the next two years, off of off of his salary, um, he goes back over with a 2021 second round pick. Um, I do believe the Wings still have two second round picks this year. Uh, so, for me, looking at that, once once Letty comes over, you, you knew that he was going to have to be protected. Um, so that left a guy like like Stetcher um, and then Chalowski out in out in the open. And I, I think a lot of people thought that the guys that were going to be protected on defense as far as the guys that had to be because again cider was exempt I, I feel like people were definitely thinking it was going to be Hronick, Lindstrom and Chalowski um, before the Letty trade. So Letty comes over and they make the decision that that Gustav Lindstrom is going to be the player that was protected over Dennis Chalowski, um, which I'll get to in a second. But Nick Letty comes over 30 years old. I believe he's got one more year left on his deal at five and a half million dollars um, had had like 34 or something ish points and in, in Uh, in last season in a shortened season I think he only played 50 some games and some change so that's a guy that comes over who you know you watch the Islanders play and just such a structured unbelievably sound defensive team as they have been under Barry Trotz he comes over um, a pretty solid career for Nick Letty so far I think people probably remember him best from his days as a Chicago Blackhawk but um, a guy that's definitely going to shore up your blue line. I would have to imagine he plays on your top pair. At the very least, he's in your top four. Nick Letty has a really nice offensive upside to him that I think he's going to have to play some, some power play here for, for the wings, especially considering how bad their power play always is. So a guy that can really just captain the defense um, and, and support the play from, from both ends of the ice. I would say that Nick Letty is, is people look at Nick Letty at being 30 years old and kind of got overshadowed a bit because you see guys like Pellick and Pulak and, and Mayfield and in New York. and, And those guys really stood out as far as being like, okay, these are the, this is the core of this New York Islanders defense, but Nick Letty is, is a, is a true shutdown defenseman that has some real offensive upside to him as well. So I think it's a tremendous deal for the red wings. And I say that because you now bring someone over. This is not like a Patrick Nemeth. Who's like on a good team is like a fringe seventh defenseman, third pairing guy. This is a true top four defenseman in the league. And it's one of those deals that you look at and go, Hey, five and a half million dollars for one year. The Islanders get some cap relief. I believe they were going to leave Nick Letty unprotected as it is. So Either way, they were proud they they there was a good chance they were going to lose them. So good on the Red Wings and good on the Islanders too for dealing them for some assets. But Letty comes over um, and, and for five and a half million dollars for just this one year. You have options if you're the wings, right? If you if you feel like he's playing well and you want him to be a pillar of this defense for a couple more years, you you can extend him. You can flip him at the deadline. I think that's probably what the mindset is for Steve Eiserman as we're looking at this guy. Is like, hey, come in here, mentor the young guys like Sider that will come up. Lidstrom. Um, I know Horanics a, a bit a bit older um, these days, but mentor the young guys, sure up our defense a little bit. And you know, worst case scenario. I don't know if that's going to be the case. If he plays well, I could see him sticking around for a couple more years. But you send over that second-round pick, um, which is totally fine because that's that's why you acquire these assets, right? So Richard Panic is a guy that I could have just seen him being Taxi Squad slash put on waivers. Just just a guy that wasn't going to add much to your team. So good trade on that front. So now we go to the expansion draft. First of all, the
2: Seattle Kraken. I this roster. Did you see the shirt Sean Cap was wearing? Yeah, they gotta get him a bigger shirt. I I literally he should have been they like owe him money. Like that was one of the meanest things I've ever seen anyone do to a human being. <laughs> yeah, that that was tough, but I, I didn't I didn't get to watch the draft
0: and he didn't have to because every single pick was leaked. Before the draft started, so that's NHL, the NBA, that's
2: the NFL, that's like every league. Well,
0: it's like NHL figured out like maybe maybe not have your draft like three days after the list get gets sent out, the, the protection list get done. But so I didn't even watch it. The Wings were the last team to have their pick. I don't think anyone knew who the Wings were picking until the pick came across the board. Um, and I, I heard that that was just because the the the, the Seattle couldn't get a hold of Chalowski like during the day they couldn't like reach him a phone. Um, but either way you lose Dennis Chalowski. Definitely. I I mean, when I saw his name flash across, because I, the reason why I texted you guys and said, they're not going to take Stetcher is because all this list that came out, it felt like they had so many defensemen on this list. And I know you have to pick a certain number of D men, but I just thought they had so many D that, okay, they're going to go take Sveshnikov or Namesnikov. They need some, some ability up front. And they ended up going with Chilowski, which I think probably surprised a bit of people that they didn't take Stetcher. I was just like, hey, they're not taking a D, so all your D are safe. So Cholowski to me, I mean, he's, he was your, I think he was picked 16th overall in 2016. Obviously a first-round pick um, when Kenny Holland was still here. Just a guy that, that, you know, you're, you're kind of losing a bit of patience with. I think that if he were to if he were to still be on this roster, he would definitely be playing every night for you on your third pair come next year tremendous offensive upside. I think he's a really good skater. It just, he was so there are some flashes of Dennis Chalowski's game where they are just so he is so inept on defense that it's just like, my God, man, if you want to stick here, you're going to have to figure it out. I think he was like a dash 47 and, in however many games that he played with the wing. So it's, it's tough because you see a guy that was a first round pick and a guy that for many years you've been leaning on. of like, okay, you know, it's Chalowski and Hronick, Chalowski and Hronick. These are the two guys are going to carry your team. And, you know, sure enough, it's like, well, he's just gone for nothing. So I I don't know if the wings were necessarily all that in tune of if they were going to take Stetcher or Chalowski, if they had any intentions to move either of them, what the deal was, but, Good for Dennis Chalowski because he gets a fresh start in Seattle. I don't even know if he'll make that roster if he'll be a taxi squad guy or if he'll start in the, in the minor league program for them because of how many defensemen that they have, but fresh start for him. And now if you're the wings, Gustav Lindstrom, it's like, okay, dude, like you're up. So you your top four. Honestly, now becomes, I mean, it'll be Nick Letty, Danny. Deca- oh, I wouldn't put the Deca- Kaiser in the top four. I'd say Letty Stetcher, Kronick and Lindstrom, that's your top four with the Kaiser on that third pair. And we'll see who can make that jump up and, uh, in, in play for you in, in that sixth defenseman role. I mean, I don't know if they're looking to go out and get someone or make some trade. I think Albert Johansson was just loaned off for the next season. So I don't think that that he'll be that guy because he can't, but, um, we'll see. So that's who you lose in the expansion draft. Um, and now we move to the entry-level draft. The wings are picking sixth tomorrow being, being Friday. Um, I want to, I want to ask before we get started and maybe you guys don't have an answer for me, but Collins, you have your hand raised, so I guess I'll just let you go. But I wanted to ask if, if if you're sitting at six as as a Red Wings fan, what are you thinking? Is there, is there a specific position that you'd like to see the wings take? Uh,
2: what are your, what are your thoughts? Collins, go ahead. Um, first of all, specific position. I don't really care. They're just so talented. And I mean, I feel like they've talked about a defenseman every year. know what I mean? They yep. just they just need more defensemen. So I mean, whatever. I've heard that. The one that I was to ask you, what like the track? Like, what the hell were the tracking doing? Like, why wouldn't you just take Carey Price? Am I crazy for thinking that? Well, I would say once once Price and I, I have to imagine
0: that there was some conversation between the two teams because Carey Price, I believe, he makes like ten and a half million over them like for five more years. So yeah. For them, I think it was a matter of they didn't want to get themselves in a spot where they were they were tying up a lot of money in a goaltender. And for a team that on paper right now, and not that them taking Carrie Price would have changed much, in my opinion, as far as who they took, but this team is not great. And it's a team that I think will will, will defensively will be okay. And I think they have two really great young goaltenders in Dryger and Vanasek, who I said. Steve Eiserman, pick the phone up and call for one of these guys, please. I said it last podcast because you knew they were both going. And Joey DeCord goes from Ottawa, who's not a big deal in my eyes, but it would have been great if the if the Wings could have brought over one of those two guys instead of instead of Washington and Florida losing those guys for free. But um, yeah, to
2: answer your question, I I don't know. I mean, I I, I you
0: think- know what I mean
2: though. Like you just saw it happen with Fagus and Flurry what it could do to have like a goalie just like right in the middle that like you just become immediately competitive, but right. But I do, I do, I do
0: just think that that Seattle kind of understands where they're at and that they're probably not a team that's going to be competing right away. They, they have, you know, they definitely have a group of, of, of young guys on this roster that they probably expect to, you know, you take a bit bigger of a role and you step up and, and develop that way, but I, I was reading some articles of people joking, like they're tanking to get Shane Wright in next year's in next year's draft. who's was like, it was a very, very, very highly touted prospect, but they, they, they really don't have a lot of offensive firepower up front. So, so truthfully, I, I have no, no clue what, what they're doing, but that's why that's, again, to me, they feel like they're not going to compete. Why spend 10 and a half million dollars to go get, to get Carrie price for five years. Um, so they're set with goalies though,
2: man, I hear you, but. I don't know, but, yeah, regards to the wins, dude, like, I mean, you're going to go into it, but, like, I don't know. Like, the only thing that I would, like, they could pick, like, no, like, some off or whatever, like, and I'm not going to be pissed. If they actually, like, they're not going to, and I've read, like, Matraps, like, if they, like, took a goalie, that would be, like, very, like, that would be the only thing I would be, like, whoa, that was cool. Yeah, Not so, cool, uh, but you know what I mean? Like, Oh, oh it's different, yeah, yeah. It definitely
0: raises your eyebrows a bit. So I, I would say hopping into that, I know we're kind of crunched for time here because Trent's got to go. I apologize. But I don't I don't even know how many people make it to this point in the episode as it is. But um, as, as far as the draft is concerned, so the Wings are picking sixth. Again, I, I have to confirm if that's the 22nd pick or the 23rd pick um, that they have from Washington. I know, obviously, uh, Arizona forfeits their pick, so everyone moves up one. Um, twenty. It's the twenty third pick, so it'll be the twenty second. Um, because everyone moves up. So, I would I would say if you're the Wings, to be completely honest, there there is definitely a case to be made for the Wings to take a goalie. I am just in the camp of you. You see some of these goalies that have been successful in the league, and, and the majority of them are not guys that go in the first round. Of course, if you if you like a guy as much as you like a guy like Mark Andre Fleury, who was taken one one in his draft. Sure, I just think it's it, it six, you you are in a spot where you still have a a, a a pretty damn high pick at six, and I think outside of like the top twelve to fifteen, it's kind of a toss up after that. But I think there's enough guys on the board here where you can get a player that can really make an impact. And I have no problem with the Wings drafting a goalie with their with their second pick. If this the, the kid that that's everyone everyone's looking at is Jesper Walstad. And uh, he, he played in the SHL last year as an 18-year-old, had some unbelievable numbers, and, and, and there's been conversation about him going at six. I just think if he falls to you at 22, then, yeah, I would say 100%. If he somehow makes it there past Ottawa, past the other teams that need to sure up goaltending, I would definitely take him. I just think when you're picking this high, you have a prime position to get a player that can make an impact at some point. Uh, and I just don't I don't see that being necessary to get a goalie. The way the market works out, you can always get a goalie in free agency for relatively cheap. You can always trade for a goalie when you get close. You saw what they've done with Grice and Bernier. Those are just free agent signings that have been good. They've been totally fine for you in a team that doesn't score a lot of goals and hasn't been great defensively. So if we have to go as far as one thing, they're taking at six. A lot of it is going to have to do with what happens in front of them. And I know that sounds so blatantly obvious, but you look at a guy like Luke Hughes, defenseman from the U.S. NTDP, um, th- that selection to me, like if-, if he falls in your lap, I can see the, wing- the wings taking him. Uh, a-, a guy, too, that I think has kind of moved up in stock over the last couple of months is William Eklund, who played in the SHL as well last year. Um, he has the ability to play center. I don't know if the wings see him as projecting out to be a center in the NHL. But if William Eklund falls to you at six, we know how much the Red Wings like the Swedes. We know that Stevie, at his time here in in Detroit, played with a bunch of Swedes. We know like it's just the Swede factory. You take Lucas Raymond, you take William Wallin last year. The Swedes year. are like <laughs> the Swedes. I just love how you're saying. I that. love this. I love the Swedes. So I I would expect this pick at six. William Eklund, if he's there, I'm not sure if he'll be able to fall. But the thing is with this, with this portion of the draft is there's a lot of centers that can go in this, in this, in this top 10. I mean, William Eglins, one of them, Maddie Berniers is another one of them for the university of Michigan as this train's coming by now. Unbelievable. Shocking. Um, uh, Mason McTavish too, is a name that's popped up for the wings as well, who I thought had a really, really strong U18 tournament. Um, And I I will definitely go on the top 10. Um, I, I guess I will save you this. Kent Johnson, too, from U of M. U of M stacked with players. Owen Power will probably go one to, uh, to Buffalo, even though he said he wants to go back to school for another year. But I, I, would, I would say this. The two guys I'm narrowing in on, and maybe it's just the easy pickings because they're both from Sweden and they both played in the SHL. I would say if William Eklund can fall to you as, as a guy that can play center, he can play the wing. If he falls to you at six, I could see them taking him. Um, I, I would say he has a really, really high ceiling and that's like the one thing that I always hear about this kid is that he can develop into a, a, a top six center, which which finding guys that can play on your top two lines at the center position is so hard and people always rip on Dylan Larkin of like, he's not a true number one center. Well, you can probably get a, a, a number two center here and William Mecklin, if he, if he pans out, I love the way that Maddie Bernier skates. I loved watching him with the, with the U S team in the world juniors. Um, I don't know if he'll be available to you at six. So those are two guys. I would, I would say if they were there, but I'm back to my point. Here's my pick. I'm putting the pick in ready Collins. I'm putting the pick in as I've just been rambling at pick number six here. The Red Wings are
2: taking Simon Edmondson. Another so, defense, cool. even though I don't think Simon's a good name. I would actually not like I that. I hope pick. it's Simon and not Simone. I think it is Simon. But if it's Simon Simone, Edmondson, then I'm all in.
0: <laughs> Simon Edmondson, um, defenseman from from Sweden. Uh, he played in, in like the SHL. Name Simon. My I wrong? Uh, what? Are there
2: athletic Simons?
0: I don't know. Probably I feel not. Like
2: Simon is just like they sound. Like, quote like, unquote, they... like the third best friend in every sitcom that you kind of like hate, but like. He's, he I probably he probably sounds like a better uh chess player
0: than uh than hockey yeah. player but I'm going to say I'm going to say it's Simon Simon Edmondson. Okay, um, he, cool. He, he played a handful of games in in the SHL last year. I think he bounced between their top the junior. The SHL, the Swedish
2: hockey league, it's what's where Raymond played. It's it's the top pro league in Sweden. Oh, okay. I, I, for a minute, I was like, is that a, a junior lead? I'm, I'm like, how many different junior leads is there? But no. So sense. he's,
0: I i just think, I think with Ed Edmondson and he kind of almost fits that mold of cider of he's got tremendous size. He's a very good skater at his size too. Um, and I think that if he falls to you at six, that's, and I don't, I don't want to say falls because that's like around like five, six, seven, eight is probably where he'll get taken. But I can just see Steve Eiserman looking at his chops, and he goes, yeah, Simon Edmondson, that's my guy. And you're thinking that you have Sider, you have Hronik, you have Lindstrom. Um, I don't know if they plan on keeping Stetcher around beyond this year. And now you, had, you have Edmondson to throw in that mix. And if, if Albert Johansson works out, too, who's, again, playing on loan next year, that's a hell of a defensive core. And and as you've seen in the NHL over the last few years, you see with Tampa Bay how good their defense is. That's where it all starts. It starts in the net and it moves from the net out. So I'm going to say Simon Simon Edmondson is the pick. And if you're a Red Wings fan, with his frame and his skating ability. You should be extremely excited to have him at number six, and you keep the Swedish train rolling, and you get all the boys over. Then you go back to twenty-two again. If Jesper Wallstedt's there, I do not think he will fall to twenty-two because it sounds like he is that good, and he put up some unreal numbers at eighteen years old in the SHL last year. Bring all the Swedes over, bring it. But I I, I don't think that you're looking at any specific position here. If you're the wings, I think they're going best player available, one hundred percent. Um, if it's Eklund, it's Eklund. If he falls, I would say it's probably Edmondson. I would love to see the wings, take a Matt Berniers. Um, um, what's the other guy's name? Johnson, Whatever. the guy from Michigan that I always talk about Kent Johnson. Um, I'd love to see that too, because finding, finding centers, um, is, is an easy and they're a luxury to have. So that's it. They're picking at six. We'll see tomorrow night. Um, and that's all I got for Wings Talk. I apologize that it was kind of rushed and whatnot, but we wanted to get an episode up to you guys so you could at least hear something um, before before the draft takes place. So that's all I got. Good analysis. Know, thank you. I know Trent, Trent thought, was definitely
2: changing that whole topic, by the way. Yep. New shirt
1: on. Yep. I was yep. getting ready for work.
2: He's got he a safety great, town. Good chipper, too. He's got hey. a safety town shirt, too,
0: but. Try, I, I say should we cut the trifecta because you got to go yes. bottle feed these preschoolers. We just, we have to get moving.
1: Yeah, we can cut it. It's tie dye day. So I'm tie dyeing some socks. It'll be fun.
0: All right. Excellent. Well that's all for today's episode of the Motown rundown for Trent Valley and Ryan Collins. I am Ryan Rabinowitz. Hey, if you don't mind, don't be a scumbag help us out. Go to Subscribe! Twitter at Motown underscore rundown on Twitter. Throw us a follow. We're also on Facebook motown rundown search it up all our podcasts will go up there we are also on apple podcast and spotify take two seconds out of your day follow subscribe whatever you gotta do give us a rating if it's five stars if it's not if you don't have anything nice to say keep it to yourself just shoot me a dm you let me know you think that i you, you you know said, Raps, let about? me tell you you are a complete moron you totally stink. fine shoot me a dm Five stars yeah. Don't, well, that's fine. Yeah. As long as you give us the five star rating, totally fine.
2: Yeah. Um, I would love that. Comments of it's like, it's like, Collins, you ugly mother, like just like terrible comments with five stars. That would be so funny. funny.
0: Um, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, new episodes every single week. We love you guys. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.